we're back we're doing a thing after i don't know how many months of not doing anything (laughs) i've actually given up trying to count the months or the even the years like um i've got to the point where i'm measuring time by in between lockdowns so (laughs) it's like (laughs) yeah i can see how that's working uh, do you know, funnily enough, someone said to me the other day, um, oh, Charles, are you doing that January thing where every time you go to write the year, you write 2021? I'm like, no, I'm still writing 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, defi- I'm definitely still struggling to pop a two on the end of the year that we're in right now because we're just not. What is time? Like, what is time soon? Abstract concept. Yeah, oh, ab- yeah. abstract concept. Um, as evidenced by the fact that we're starting to record 10 minutes after we said we were going to, but we played around with graphics and then we played around with Dan's new tech system, which makes him sound like a god. Um, We might do like a TBB outtakes one of these days where we just give you our preamble. Um, Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that would get a lot of laughs. It would get a lot of laughs and it would also damage any future employment opportunities, so let's do it. Um, yeah, that is true, actually. We could have like a TBB after hours where instead of drinking tea, we drink gin. Oh gosh, Charlie, you'd be opening a whole can of worms. You'd be like, Charles, let's talk about books. I'm like, Dan, what even are books? Let's talk about that. <laughs> what are words? Yeah, what, what are words and how do writers <laughs> use them? <laughs> Uh, so I've got a Z here, I've got an X. It just, it just just becomes like a smorgasbord of different hieroglyphics. <laughs> At least hieroglyphics should actually have some sense of understanding. Drunk writing, no chance. I hear that lots of I say I say I hear like I don't do it. I've heard that some writers write whilst drunk. Do they, Charlie? Hmm. Can you give us any examples? Hemingway. Good say. <laughs> yeah, Hemingway. Um, always got Hemingway in the back pocket for an example of bad behaviour. He lends himself so easily to it. Got an image of Hemingway popping out the jeans, my pocket jeans, like that is just a just a mini Hemingway. Yeah. Um, which is a, a really good segue into a book that I've been reading and loving for the past day. Um, what an obscure segue! Um, but um, speaking speaking of speaking of obscure things, um, so I, we haven't even I, I haven't even. Uh, I just wanted to give people a little overview of what we're planning on doing because it's been a little while since we actually did one of these. Who knows how long it's been since we did one of these. Um, so essentially, Dan and I have just decided to grab a brew each this morning. Um, my mug says, where there's tea, there's hope. That is a good motto to live by. That is. Yeah, that is. Dan, have you got a, a branded mug? I love Leicester. <laughs> anyway... Uh, <laughs> What Dan means to say is, I love Worcester. I do love Worcester. It is, ah, oh, it's a beautiful city, and I'm not just saying this because Charlie will kick me under the Zoom via Zoom table. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it is because I'm originally from Leicester. Uh, I support the football team. I know the rugby team. I think we've got a cricket team. I know we've got a basketball team. You know the rugby team. Oh yeah, we're on first name basis. Uh, okay, we, we're gonna circle back to that when we're off air. <laughs> um, oh crikey, I'm scared now. <laughs> um, so segue into what I've been reading, um, which is essentially what we're gonna talk about for the next 40 to 50 minutes, just to reintroduce ourselves really, because we might have some new listeners and we might have some old listeners who have really missed us, God willing. Um, so one of the things that I've been reading and loving recently is Luke Kennard's Notes on the Sonnets. Um, yeah, so it, it won the Forward Prize for Best Collection 2021. Um, and I it was one of my Christmas buys um, where I treated myself to more books than I will ever be able to read um, because that's how we live um but i only i only started reading it yesterday and um i've got into this really 
naughty habit of dog earring pages that I love in books. Charlie. I know, I'm a changed reader. I don't know why, I don't know why I've started dog earring rather than like putting tabs on things, which is what I used to do. Um, but anyway, so I'm dog earring pages of things that I love and I started to do that for, for notes on the sonnets. Um, and by about page 50, I realized actually it would be more fair, more fair, fairer is what I mean to say. <laughs> um, it would be fairer to the book um, in terms of damaging it if I were to actually dog ear the pages of things that I didn't love because I'm dog earing so many pages, it's unreal. And I had like a very quick skim of where it started. And I was like, oh look, I didn't start dog earing pages until page 15. So there must have been some stuff in the early parts of the book that didn't resonate with me, which became infinitely less impressive when I realized that the book doesn't actually start until page 11. <laughs> Right, so basically there's four pages there. <laughs> yeah, every now and then there will be a cluster of pages that I like rather than love, and then we will go back to loving. Um, but it's essentially a string of prose poems set in the same failing, miserable house party where where everyone's got hilarious and creative issues um dysfunctional. yeah um there's a lot of melancholy which lends itself well to kennard's writing um and each uh, prose poem is headed up with the first line of a sonnet so it's kind of the the, the sonnet that i believe inspired it to, to to a greater or lesser extent um and you know <laughs> You know when you just read something and think, but that's just bloody brilliant. And you can't you can't necessarily even isolate kind of a single thing about about the book as a whole that you love, but there is something about it that just resonates with you or intermittently resonates with you. Um, the reason why having a small Hemingway in your back pocket is that like there's been reference to like a Freud figurine. Oh, oh. Like a teeny, like a teeny tiny Freud. It's got interesting. Yeah, so there's there's a lot. There's there's a sad horse and there's a happy horse and... I did not think you were going to say horse there, Charlie. Um, <laughs> Dan, it's the first one. Keep it clean. Um, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of obscurity and a lot of surrealism. But, but there's also like a lot of feeling in it. And and I'm, yeah, I've just, I'm, I'm completely addicted to it to the point that I'm just reading it in like mouthfuls at a time, but at the same time also don't want it to be over ever. Um, a good book when you, you know, you, you can, you get sad when you get towards like the final quarter and you're like, yeah. oh, no, what am I going to read afterwards? No, don't. Just yeah. really gets super slow and digest every single word. I also think that, uh, like, notes on the sonnets. This is this is specific to. Although I've I've read some cracking things over over the Christmas holidays. It has to be said. Um, so I think there are probably some other books that this would apply to as well. Um, but I think notes on the sonnets is so immersive that that you just you know you just find yourself really drawn in and really uh, just kind of inextricably bound up with the ludicrousy of it um it's it's just it's just really special book and i was really nervous of reading it because it's one of those books that people have told me is really special you know and you, and you know you don't want the hype yeah i was i was really nervous of the hype and um I know Luke. Luke is a Luke is a very nice man. Um, I've I've studied under Luke. I think he's a wonderful educator, um, which always makes me nervous of reading people. You know, when you have someone who you really admire, and then you read their book and think, oh god, actually, that's not that's not their best work. Now I don't know that I can. Now I don't know that I can legitimately admire them anymore. Um, but I think because I because I know and respect Luke, I was like doubly nervous about it. But it's just fantastic and i'm really sad that i'm halfway through 
and I'm really looking forward to reading it again. Oh, <laughs> um, and that, that's, on a cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my review from uh, Notes on the Sonnets. Um, I like, I'd like to say that I will periodically dip in and out of it to read people my favourite passages, but I feel like it would be more time efficient to just tell them to read the book. I think that's the case with all of them. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you'll 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 just be like, no summer sonnet, no summer sonnet, no summer sonnet, yeah. going all the way down. And like, oh, yeah. we've read the book now. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't have enough um, I don't have enough good words to say about it. It's really brilliant, and I highly recommend it for anyone who is looking for poetry that is transgressive. I think would be my preferred term to use. So yeah, that's what that's what I've been reading. I think there's a lot of that around at the moment, isn't there? Like, I think poetry is changing so much from um, from what people read, but to what people experience. And I I think that's become a lot more obvious in recent times. I think it's like even when you just I don't mean this like how it might sound, but even when you're just reading in inverted commas. Don't you think you just feel like you're being dipped into a waterfall of emotion? Like, I don't know, they're the ones that, that really get you. That's what yeah. I, I think um, I think poetry's become a lot more fluid. Yeah. Um, and I I know that there's this um, body of water that's full of abstract definitions that exists around prose poetry, um, but I've and, and I and I do to a greater or lesser extent agree that it's um, it's a form that is really difficult to encapsulate within a definition. Um, yeah. But I also feel that there are some poets who are, and I applaud them for this wholeheartedly. But I feel like there are some poets who are steering poetry towards that that same body of water that is just yeah. occupied by all of these different definitions. Um, neither of which, uh, none of which are right, none of them are wrong. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like poetry, or some poetry, is following the tracks of prose poetry and becoming this just abstract, beautiful communication of feeling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going to resonate with me for the rest of the day. You know that, right? Yeah, honestly. Every time I've... I see... I've read so much poetry over the last month and a half. It's unreal. I, I feel I feel like I've been just dipped in a vat of it, and it's been beautiful. Um, yeah, it's been so beautiful. I put a call out on my personal Twitter before Christmas, asking people for poetry collections um, yeah, or poetry performances. That. Yeah, about um, like the female body and representations of it and experiences with it. Um, which subsequently means that all I've done for the last six weeks is read amazing poetry collections. That's all right. Hard times. <laughs> oh, such a hard time. Yeah, a hard times. I'm really struggling with it, Dan. I can't. I can't even tell you. Um, so yeah, this so... where I wish we had that. Um, yeah. I've heard times like this where I wish we had, uh, or Zoom had, uh, the ability to add like sound effects. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That, that yeah. would just be perfect right there. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can get some sort of external website to chime in for our next dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Might be it might be a pop up pop up nightmare. Um <laughs> we'll see yeah, we'll see we'll see what we can do for the next episode. Um, so yeah, so that's what I've been reading. Um, Dan, you're up. What's on your What's on your nightstand to read at the minute? Do you have books on your nightstand? Well, we've got um, on our shelf. I've got a few books um, over Christmas. As you know, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Like, we record this in January, and it's straight after Christmas. So my to read pile has gone from about four foot tall to about eight foot tall. Um, so those measurements, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a good position to be in, uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm sort of plowing through it, and a lot of the books on there are from, like, last year, 2021. 
Yes, that's right. Yep. And do the calculation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and one of them, which I'm very close to actually getting there, and I'm really excited for, uh, is called The Witches, um, and it's not an insult, uh, and that's <laughs> by Stacey Schiff, I think is how you pronounce her name, S-C-H-I-F-F. Um, yes, I think I've heard of this. And it caught my eye, there's a bit of a story behind this book. Um, in the rare occasions where I was actually allowed back into work physically in the office in that yeah. sort of in between lockdowns period working from home guidance mark three uh <laughs> whichever one that was yeah um i was just walking around and i saw this i saw the book in the window and it it's something about it you know when you're walking through like waterstones or through smiths or any bookshop and a cover just catches your eye yeah um, uh, for no apparent reason and it, it happened to me I just saw the cover which is um, if I'm going to try and describe this it'll probably go badly it's like a trio of what appears to be like nuns or um, witches possibly yeah um, and just their eyes you know like the Mona Lisa follows you around the room her mm. eyes follow you around the room it had that effect and okay. then I saw the title and I was like okay i something inside me is telling me i need to read this book um so that's the backstory <laughs> race for impact um and then um and then the actual book itself is about the salem witch trials um okay. of course in the 1690s and everyone who knows me personally um listeners who are just hearing this for the first time obviously don't um spirituality paganism wicca all those various connotations um is a big part of my life right now and so i'm trying to learn as much as i can about the history of the witch trials of the religion in its entirety um and i've always found it hard to actually find a book that i think doesn't already regurgitate the facts that are out there already and i get the sense the, this one, uh, The Witches, is going to be different. I feel like it's actually going to immerse um, the facts within fiction that will hopefully make it quite easy and digestible yep. and learn about what was. The more I learn about um, the witch trials from other sources, the more I think, my gosh, how was that a thing in our history of humanity? Uh, and places as well that keep cropping up I'm like I would not have expected that I wouldn't have expected it to be in that place so I'm really excited for it it's next on my to read list um so lots of updates a la notes of the sonnet will be coming soon <laughs> um so uh, yeah I just think it's weird to get excited about a book that you haven't read um but I just feel like this one will I think sometimes there are there are books that we that we save because we preempt loving them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I can understand that. Um, no, no. Again, notes on the sonnets. Let me let me fangirl for the the second time in a row. Um, the second the second stint in a row. Um, notes on the sonnets. I I bought probably when we were still in December. And it's just, it's been on my shelf for a couple of weeks, but I didn't want to start it because I had a feeling that once I started it, I would just want to blitz it straight through. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to save it for a weekend or um, a luxurious weekday. <laughs> if only there were a weekday, oh, wow. if only if there were a weekday where we could just sit and read all day. Um, but yeah, most likely save it for a weekend. This weekend, as it turned out, where I could just sit and fling myself into it and just and just love it. Um, which it turns out I do. Yay! Shocker. Yay. Um, so no, I do. I do get that sometimes there are things that we that we save because we preempt loving them. Yeah. And yeah. I think as well, the reason it's like next on my to read list is there's one that is on the go. Um, and it's essentially a 52 week prompt for poetry writing, oh. which is 
the best present alive for someone going through writer's block. Um, oh no! Writer's block is the worst! It is an evil, evil thing. Um, but the very first um, prompt, so to speak, mm-hmm. is this will be amazing for week one of 2022. And I just looked through it and it was uh, the prompt in, in a nutshell was making time for poetry, not just writing, but also reading. And yeah. I was like, that is so important um, to just for poets and I guess novels as well, is to actually have something ongoing that you can tap into and just get some form of imagination or creativity going. Um, and surprise surprise it's worked my writing block is over happy days so So are you are you following that religiously like are you keeping a prompt a a prompt for every week or are you just dipping in and out of it i need to catch up a little bit because i didn't do one for this week just gone yeah um so um i need to catch up a little bit but i'm not going to be like upset if i miss a prompt see what I mean uh, I want to write when it's natural not because it's I'm being told to write you will write a poem this week um, yeah. but it's like just having something there to fall back on when I'm struggling I'm like okay so we're on week three of the year what is the prompt oh it's it's whatever it is um, it just gets something started at least from there my, the way my brain is there's an idea, bing, there's another idea, bing, there's another one, and pretty soon I've got a spider's web in a crow's nest, yeah. you know? <laughs> I get it. I, I often think with stuff like that, that even though they, it can be written in quite a prescriptive manner, in so far as this is this is a prompt for every week, or this is a prompt for every day, or, you know, whatever it is that you're whatever it is that you're working with, even though they can be quite prescriptive, I often feel like you can afford to dip in and out of them. I reckon so. That the, remember we talked about the emergency poet way yes. back. It's that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I've still got that. And um, those poets that are like or poem uh, collections that are for uh, for a rainy day or when you're feeling low or when you're really happy, you know, yeah. or in love or whatever it might be. It's it's just good to have that ready for when the time calls for it. Yeah. Um, particularly in the way the world is right now, like with all the confusion and, you know, things hitting the fan. Uh, kept it clean again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's just it's just good to have a collection or collection of collections that just have you back, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what I've got. There's another one that I was drawn to called Pillow Thoughts, and the poet's name escapes me. Um, but I just saw it. Uh, this was probably pre-COVID. Um, I saw it when I was just like walking around Waterstones, and it, it was the same thing with the witches. I saw the cover first, which is um, completely black. Uh, the lettering, I think, is white and pink, and there's a feather. You know, yeah. like feather pillows. Um, and picked up and started reading through it, and it explores mental health. And I was like, right, I'm having that then. <laughs> so. Uh, that's that's another one that's going to be like, or I get the sense is going to be quite, uh, like you said, prescriptive, yeah. and just help us all navigate through this weird world, whatever it may throw at us. Yeah, um, we're in the philosophical. Dan is going to stop now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in a bit of a precarious time still. That's why literature is even more important than it ever than it ever has been. Um, I've had like, so many conversations with people about. Like I'm, I'm getting my work hat on now. Sorry, um, for for people who are coming to this new, um, I'm a creative writing lecturer. Um, my God, so we haven't actually done a TBB since I got since I got my grown-up job. So my grown-up job now is that I'm a creative writing lecturer at the University of Wolverhampton. Um, little plug there. It's an amazing, it's an amazing university. The creative writing department is glorious. Come and hang out with us sometime. Um, bring biscuits. Yeah, <laughs> bring bring biscuits. Um, bring biscuits, and we'll bring the books. Um, we've had so many conversations about like the worth of the humanities and how like it's all well and good for like higher ups, and I I mean like government level higher ups to be like, is art really that important? 
and and those of us who, yeah those of us who were making it are like okay well what did you read during lockdown or what did you watch during lockdown or what did you what did you listen to like where do you where do you think that stuff originates from it doesn't it doesn't yeah like someone doesn't just click their fingers and a new series appears on netflix like writers sit down and artists sit down and and spend a lot of time trying to get these trying to get these things right um so i feel like for something yeah for something that's become like a little undervalued or more undervalued than it was in the first instance um yeah i think i think literature is more important than it's than it's ever been honestly over christmas there was there was a point in in my christmas holiday where i was on like a book a day oh my yeah because i was just i was just getting up i was picking something from my um from my tbr pile i couldn't remember the letters then um i was picking something from my tbr pile and that was it i was i was just i was away for the day it was the best it, yeah it was the best holiday down i never wanted it to end it is perfect yeah it is like it is perfect for like just getting away from the headlines and everything like that just even just for 10 minutes you're like okay let's breathe forget about what's happening right now and actually go somewhere else and just feel something that isn't utter panic you know yeah um i don't know why but the noughts and crosses series came into my head then um okay uh, by Mallory Blackman. I've, yeah. I read that probably when I was in my mid-teens, I think, like maybe 16 possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, but that book um, just kind of came into my head as a, a kind of helping people to understand like a book like that or a series like that just helps make sense of the crazy things that are going on in the world, uh, which is what literature and poetry all forms of art yeah um that's the value that they bring it's helping people first of all understand whatever is going on or what they're feeling if they're not unsure um but also just bring a little bit of joy back into the world um Christ, philosophical dan get back in your box <laughs> honestly i am all for anything that sparks joy that is my that is my <laughs> mantra for 2022 just look at me getting the year right um oh, 23 sorry oh don't do that <laughs> don't do that i've misplaced enough time i'm not ready um but yeah anything anything that sparks joy i am i am all for and literature has always done that and and i think i'm kind of making this like slightly circular now but i think um like you said even if you only have kind of 10 minutes um just to sit down and take a deep breath i think that poetry collections are just gold for that for that sort of thing because do you know sometimes that there are occasions where i just read one poem and i'm like okay i'm gonna need a minute because that was that that was a corker so you don't even you don't even need to give yourself an hour or a day or uh, i don't know an extended period whatever comes after a day um yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah you don't yeah like you say you don't need to give yourself an extended period of time like you can like just come back to literature like one poem at a time um which feels like a really niche piece of advice when so many people are still like oh i don't really read poetry i'm like you don't know what you're missing it's amazing (laughs) it is just an ice bath of emotions you know an ice Um, bath of emotions that's such a good way of phrasing it yes where did that come from yeah that is that is what poetry is an ice bath of emotions but it but it is but it is glorious that's not to say that fiction i mean like i've read some bloody good novels in amongst um all of all of the poetry of which of which there's been a lot um there's one novel that i read uh called um see this is the perk of doing tbb through zoom is that right now i'm just scanning my bookshelves for things that i've read <laughs> um, did you think that i was just staring at the ceiling down oh that's the cover for the witches 
it's a very frightening cover like yeah goodness me we'll post a picture of the cover to our social media feeds yes (laughs) yeah we'll start doing that um but the one of the books that i read over christmas was um the polyglot lovers by lena wolf um i've heard of it i've not uh, come across it though Oh my god, Dan! It's it's so good. I can't remember the translator's name, which is really remiss of me. Um, but just in terms of, because I feel like I feel like poetry is packed with feelings. Like that's often that's often the point of poetry. And I feel like there's a bit of a misnomer that like prose can't, like prose tells a story. Prose doesn't prose doesn't always give you a feeling but actually that's not true like prose can be just as impactful um and the polyglot lovers um a friend of mine kept like sent me a few extracts from it and i was like oh my god that's beautifully written what is it and where can i get it um so i so i ordered it just kind of off the back of seeing a few extracts but there are times when it's written in in such i suppose what what we would phrase as poetic language but just figurative language detailed description um stuff that's just really evocative um and there were there were so many just paragraphs as a whole that i would read and think oh my god that's that's really something special like it's a real it's a real stop and pause moment um so even though we are kind of coming down hard on the side of poetry in this podcast which is which is really beautiful it's it's Mm, nice we've not really done that before no no i don't feel like we have either we've changed and we're different people now Um, yeah this is this is us post-pandemic um well not post-pandemic because it's not over this is us two years into the pandemic is what i should have said um we just scrambled eggs yeah pretty much um but yeah even though we're we're coming down hard in favor of poetry like there is a lot of prose as well that can make you go like holy cow give me a minute um i get that it it, i tend to find it's towards the end of chapters for fairly obvious reasons but it'll just be a line or you know not even not even that like a handful of words and you just think I want to read on but first of all let me call my therapist you know (laughs) it just books like that and writers like that because that is some skill to just come up with a short phrase or whatever it might be that gets right in the hearts that is a pretty impressive skill I think yeah very much so um I read another another book that I read um which was another recommendation from a friend um so my friends have such good taste <laughs> which is another recommendation for um so the novel is called wolf in white van and the author is john darneel i don't know whether i'm pronouncing that correctly so it's d-a-r-n-i-e-l-l-e i think darneel we'll roll with it <laughs> yeah i think darneel um so that is an amazing book first and foremost um about uh, a young man i'm trying to think whether his age is actually disclosed at any point and i'm not convinced that it is um but a young man who has had some kind of accident but we don't find out what the accident is until two-thirds of the way into the book let's say um but he has developed the only way that i can think to explain what he's developed is kind of like a dungeons and dragons sort of game that exists through a postal system rather than rather than in person players so people subscribe through postal order and the the narrator sends them out their steps and they and they then respond with their steps and 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 that's like that's the system that that he um has set up for this game um so through the book we kind of hear a bit about the game we hear a bit about his accident and there's a lot of ambiguities about both and it's it's kind of tied up at the end but in like a beautifully messy sort of way um and there's one 
line in that that has stuck with me so much and it's actually the line that made me buy the book because it was it it was this line that one of my friends texted me um and he's talking about his relationship with his father and he says something to the effect of um we've always had a bit of a difficult relationship and i can't blame him because i did something horrible to his son once oh and i and i just thought oh my good god what a way of what a way of phrasing it like that that dislocation from us as independent people and us as our parents children um which feels like we're treading close close sorry close to philosophical again let me put my teeth back in um which feels like we're treading really close to philosophical again but I don't know it was just it was just something about that like compartmentalization of characters where like I I am me here but over here I am my mother's daughter kind of that characterization and something about that line just killed me and it wasn't even it wasn't even at the end of a chapter like it was just it was just thrown in like laissez-faire in the middle in the middle of this um, kind of stream of consciousness style narrative so when I came across it I was just crushed even though even though I knew it was in the book somewhere like like this sneaky sneaky bit of gold that had just been laid out um yeah even though i knew that it was coming at some point to read it i think like you say like you expect stuff like that at chapter endings particularly like that's that's quite a conventional spot to put your best words or to expect someone's best words um so i think to find it just in the middle of a chapter as well just utterly floored me um so yeah the wolf and white van a deliciously weird novel that i would heartily recommend as as i as would the polyglot lovers which is also a deliciously weird novel um honestly deliciously weird novels i love yeah. that any deliciously weird novels we yeah love. when people start asking what genres i read that's <laughs> that's what i'm gonna say to them from now on i'm not really a genre person but if it's deliciously weird i'll probably enjoy it <laughs> Whereas I'm like, if it emotionally destroys me, yep, that's good. That's a good gold star. Uh, if it makes me lie awake at night thinking, what is going on with my life? That is also a good tick in the box. Yeah, um, if, if anyone has deliciously weird recommendations or anything that's likely to spend, send Dan into the spiral of an existential crisis, we're, we're, here, for, we're here for those books. Um, yeah, in a spiral. Yeah, that's, that's who we are now. Yeah, I, I think I'm on spiral number 28, if I remember correctly. Uh, that's quite a low number. Yeah, considering we're only midway through January. That's too shabby. <laughs> yeah. No, I think exactly. I'm doing alright. Yeah. <laughs> this worse. time last year, the existential crisis ometer had broken, and I'm very impressed I said that without tripping over myself. <laughs> me too. Yeah, me oh, too. This time last year, were we in lockdown? We were, we kind of we kind of went into a partial partial lockdown after Christmas last year. I genuinely can't remember. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think the powers yeah, like the powers that be let us have Christmas and then snatch New Year away from us. I think that's what happened. Yeah, that sounds about right. Crikey, I'm really. Str- this is what happens when time basically flies out the window. <laughs> I've started remembering things. This is a really obscure reference that people who are new to the podcast won't get. Um, but I've started remembering things based on where I am in hair regrowth. Aha! Um, yes. Yeah, based on where I'm in hair regrowth. So, to people who are for people who are new to the podcast, in June 2020. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds right. I chopped off 11 inches of pigtails and shaved my head down to a grade three to raise money for Worcestershire Acute Hospitals. Um, so I distinctly remember having a hair appointment booked for the first week of January last year because I'd started to grow it out and I needed someone to help me. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's the end of that sentence, really. I needed someone to help me. Um, Why did I do this to myself again? Yeah, so I remember I remember starting to grow my hair out, having an appointment for like the first or second week of January, and then there were all of these like sly whispers about whether we were going into lockdown or not. And I think I managed to get like a very, very hasty haircut on New Year's Eve. And then we went into lockdown on like the 3rd of January or something like that. Yeah, that rings a bell. I remember that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So I think I think that might have been the state of play for this time last year. Um, yeah. Jesus H. Isn't Christ. That, we've, seen, we've seen some things, Dan. <laughs> seen many things that cannot be unseen, forgotten, uh, and are going to haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> but think of the books that will come out of it. That is true. That yeah. is true. Yeah, that's the silver lining into everything. Like, at least it's got a good novel out of it. Yeah. Or a poetry yeah. collection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, um, it was really disconcerting the other day because uh, the joy that is Facebook or Meta, as it's now called, that's a whole different podcast. I'm um, not going to start referring to it as that, but okay. <laughs> good. good Lord, no. Um, but Facebook gave, um, like, pinged up a Facebook memory the other day, yeah. and it was, uh, I don't know if you got it as well, uh, it was when we interviewed the delight that is Aid Cooper. Yes, Aid Cooper, who is now Worcestershire Poet Laureate. Yeah, Ooh. delightfully so. Uh, yeah. And also Baker Extraordinaire, just saying. Yeah, that is and, true. Aid does make a cracking cheesecake, it has to be said. Oh, he is just, with this is now the segment of the podcast where we plug Age Cooper. Yeah. Uh, that is now going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, um, or just general human beings. In, yeah. In the Good eggs around Worcester. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it pinged up the, the time when we interviewed Aid. And I had to do like a double take because you had that long hair. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, it's so wild when pictures come up with me with long hair now because I like there are times. So again, for people who don't um, know us very well yet, so I I guess what I have now is like a like a pixie cut. Yeah, I was going to say pixie cut. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think it counts as a pixie cut. I'm kind of aiming for a long pixie cut, um, assuming I don't shave my head again. and now whenever i see pictures of me with long hair i'm like how did i ever manage because it just looks so unmanageable like at this length i'm sometimes like jesus i have too much hair so i don't know i honestly don't know how i did it i don't know how re manages um for new people re is dan's delightful partner she occasionally makes cameo appearances um on the podcast yeah um Re has beautifully long hair and I just don't know how. <laughs> I flat out don't know how. Um, yeah, it is crackers. Um, there is another thing that I I think I forgot to mention. I don't know whether I don't know whether he was in our lives when we lasted uh, a podcast or not. Um, but m- my equivalent to a re is not a it's not a partner but is a dependent so i've got a dog now called benji um i don't know whether i don't know whether benji barnes was in our lives when we last did a podcast because i don't think he was we've we've definitely done a pandemic podcast but i don't know whether i've got benji or not yet i don't think you had you know um so benji is benji is my multi-poo um he's a maltese cross poodle cross cloud um, he will pro- he will probably make some appearances on our social media, um, but my um, this time a year ago feed on Facebook is mostly pictures of Benji before he'd had a big boy haircut, and Aww. he's just the most unruly looking little creature. <laughs> um, yeah, he is hilarious looking because he's just he's all fur and mustache. Um, <laughs> Yeah, which is which is just glorious to see. Um, so I feel like Benji and I have a similar hair journey, uh, where we both look at look at pictures of ourselves from a from a year ago, or in my case, a couple of years ago, and think, Jesus, how did I manage? Um, but yeah, Benji will probably make some some appearances on our social media. 
um now might be a good time to plug our social media segue um so um so uh, dan and i are gonna are gonna co-plug our social media we agreed beforehand that um we're gonna divide and conquer um so you can hop over to facebook and just search for the tea biscuits and books podcast um and we will pop up hopefully um if yeah if facebook um decides to to let us connect with people if you would like to follow us on the twitter we are at tbb underscore pod um you can also follow us individually as well on the twitter if you would like to um my handle is um <laughs> my, my handle is what, what is it charlie <laughs> my handle is uh charlie blogs so c-h-a-r-l-e-y blogs and i mostly talk about books and my dog um dan what is your what is your twitter handle so mine is at DJ Burton's 007, not because I'm a James Bond wannabe, it's because I like the number seven. Um, and I hardly ever use Twitter. I think my last tweet uh, of note was, actually no, I tell a lie, my last tweet of note was quite uh, quite recent, but um, I, <laughs> I'm probably more active on the gram, on the Instagram. Which is a beautiful segue to what is what is the TVV Instagram? And this is where everyone who knows us and remembers us falls about laughing. Uh, So it is. (laughs) Charlie's already laughing. This is the joy of Zoom. I can see she's ready to start. The world's longest Instagram handle (laughs) that was available in brackets. Yeah, that is true. It is. It is tea like the drink. uh, Underscore biscuits like the delightful things that bring us joy from eating uh underscore books like the things you read obviously underscore podcast so t underscore biscuits underscore books underscore podcast yeah underscore c-k-l-m-n-o-p-g-r-s-t-u-v don't do that don't do that it's too much pop pop down you're doing too much (laughs) <laughs> I think Instagram would actually have some kind of mental breakdown if that was the case. I think you'd use all your characters just tagging us in stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have been kind of quiet on our social media channels because we retired this life. for a little while, essentially. Yeah, life life got in the way of stuff like this. Um, but Dan and I are going to start having monthly meets again which means we're going to start having monthly podcast episodes again um we will both be tweeting and instagramming and facebooking every now and then on the on the handles that we've just given you as well um so if you would like to connect with us which would be beautiful um you can you can do so on a regular basis um because we are turning over a new leaf for tea biscuits and books yeah and I think that's everything. I think so. Although I do have one final question before we clock off. Um, have you? <laughs> before we clock off for a um, Have you had any good biscuits lately? I have. And the classic, the drum roll. Uh, we get a drum roll going. The ob knobs are back. Oh. I'm not starting this nonsense again. Um, so, um, again, for anyone who's new to the podcast, Dan and I have a long-standing battle between what is the best biscuit because he mistakenly believes that it's hobnobs when, in fact, it is custard creams. Now, the custard cream is a very reputable, very yummy biscuit. But for the pure satisfaction of combining a warm beverage with a biscuit, ideally with chocolate, but not a deal breaker. It has to be the obnob. And you have to say it like that for some weird reason because I can no longer pronounce my H's clearly. Um... I will meet you halfway and say that there are now, you can get like hobnobs with cream in the middle of them, can't you? So they're like hobnobs that are structured like Fox's crust, cr- God damn it. Fox's, Fox's crunch creams, is that what I mean? Yeah? I think so. Um, so, but they're like. but they're like hobnobs, so it's like a hobnob biscuit with a little bit of cream in the middle, and then a hobnob biscuit. I can't believe you haven't seen these. No, I have not, and I'm now gonna clock off and run to get some. 
do it so you can get them you can get them in vanilla and you can also get them in chocolate and i remember seeing them and thinking that it was like a love child of our favorite biscuits oh my god how have i not come across these right uh that is it the rest of my day plans out the window not that i had any let's be honest it's sunday yeah. um yeah it's gonna be dedicated to biscuit hunting that is the the joy i have now yeah. sunk to <laughs> do it i'm telling you yeah, I'm telling you, that could be our um, that could be our shared biscuit for tea biscuits and books. Okay, I'll, I'll compromise on that. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> so I think I think this is it. I think this is our first our first return episode over with. Hopefully, we said some stuff that you found interesting. Um, what did we say? Something about poetry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something about poetry. Um, so Dan is gonna do some wizardry on the tech front um, and make and make our podcast available. Although, oh my God, hang on, we're about to time travel. If you're listening to this, Dan will already have done his wizardry on the tech front. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, atmosp- atmospheric <laughs> outro sounds. Um, so Dan is doing some wizardry I on the tech front. Didn't mean to do that. Um, Dan now sounds like a, like he's in an echo chamber. Um, I am going to hop over to the Tea Biscuits and Books um, social medias and actually give you an outtake of how Benji Barnes has spent this episode. So at one point, Dan may have noticed that I was quite clearly taking a picture of something that was happening off screen. Um, Not at all, Charlie. No, no, it was very subtle. <laughs> I was very subtle with my aerial shot that I was trying to get a veggie, but also not move at the same time as taking it. Um, so I'm going to hop over to our socials. Um, if you haven't connected with us on social media yet, but you have just listened to our episode, you can hop over and meet Benji Barnes with his belly in the air. Um, oh, so, the classic pose. Such is his natural state. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, Dan and I really appreciate it. And we hope you'll tune back in next month for another instalment of Poetry, Praise and Biscuit Talk. Yay! The best way to spend your weekends. <laughs> See you soon, everyone. Take care. Love you all. Bye.